You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello! Welcome back to the Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. I hope you're invited to this party. Actually, it's a little bit of a strange party today. We're not welcoming the dogs and the cats today. No, they'd be a nuisance. In fact, they might become lunch for an alligator because today we're going to be talking to the reptile guy, Mike Hopcroft. And I've seen him do his thing. I've seen him, Mike Hopcroft, at fairs with these giant snakes hanging off his arms and his neck and creeps me right out as my children run over to him because they're so fascinated with it and I have to follow. And um, recently he was in the news, so I want to read the story here. Reptile rescuer to wrangle an alligator. I hope it goes smoothly, but it is an alligator, so you never know. That's what Abbotsford Reptile Rescuer Mike Hopcraft said Monday as he got mentally prepared to wrangle an 8-foot, 250-pound gator. So stay tuned and come back to this party. Because the best is yet to come. Stick around. At Petco, we really love pets. There isn't anything we won't do to make sure they're getting the best products and the best care. So when you ask us a question like, So how do you feel about cat condos? We can say from experience, Feels like home. For her. Enter the code PARTY10, P-A-R-T-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. The world has changed. One in five relationships now begin on an online dating site. And while you never know where things will lead, Match.com has led to more dates, more relationships, and more marriages than any other site. Join today. Pet Life Radio listeners get 25% off the price of a membership. Just go to mevio.match.com and enter the code DOGGY, D-O-G-G-Y. That's M-E-V-I-O dot M-A-T-C-H dot com and enter the code DOGGY to get 25% off Match.com. You like your business to reach out and invite in our audience. We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20 second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit PetLifeRadio.com. Click on sponsorship information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed or email us at PetLifeRadio.com. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Aquariums and pondkeeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Anong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. You're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Welcome to the show, Reptile Guy Mike. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So how was it that day when you had to deal with that alligator back in December? I guess it was an early Christmas present for you, a 250-pound alligator that needed rescuing. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it, it actually went really, really smoothly. We had a great team of people. I brought a bunch of people out from the Greater Vancouver Zoo um, to give me a hand because we had no idea what to expect of this alligator because it, it apparently wasn't handled very much. So we got out there, and we, we were doing the whole top jaw rope. Like we put a rope around the jaw to secure its, its jaw so it can't swing its head around. And we did that, and once we got on the back of it, it just calmed right down and sat there for us. So there was no problems. Um, it actually it wasn't 8 feet long, and it wasn't 250 pounds. It was actually only about 7.5 feet long when we actually oh, finally got a measurement on it. So I think that article was right like the day before we got it. I think that was uh-huh. in preparation. Um, so it was a little bit smaller than we were anticipating, but still, it's, it's an amazing animal. And she's doing just, you know, she's doing amazing now. And she's actually really, I'm not going to say friendly, but she's really laid back <laughs> with people. Like, okay. I can actually go in there and she doesn't freak out. She doesn't run away. She's never snapped at me at all. Like, I've, I've done work within the enclosure and that since, since we put her in there. And uh, not once has she opened her mouth to me at all. So she just, she prefers to just kind of go away and hide in a little corner. Why would somebody have an alligator? Like, I don't understand why someone would buy one and then wouldn't they get too big? Well, doesn't this always happen? Isn't it kind of inevitable if you buy an alligator and you live in a normal home in the city that it's not going to last long? I mean, what, what are yeah, they thinking? A lot of people do this. A lot of their, you know, I mean, we have new laws in D.C. now that, um, you know, it's illegal to own those now. They're prohibited. But before that, I mean, you could get an alligator for about $50. And I mean, the, just to, to have an alligator, it was, it was a cool thing to do, right? So people would get these alligators and they'll get caiman um, and other type of crocodilians mm-hmm. and have them as pets. And they're, they're really cool when they're little. And they think, oh, yeah, okay, I'll just handle it lots when it's little and it'll be really friendly when it's bigger. And they don't realize that that doesn't always work. And then they will end up with, a, you know, the six or seven foot long aggressive crocodilian they have no room for. Um, and then that's, that's where I come in. But I mean, it's, it's, you know, they're actually more, well, not alligators so much, but caiman are a Mm -hmm. lot more common than people think for pets. Really? Okay. Do you think it's a good idea as a pet for a family ever? Oh, definitely not. I don't think they're a good pet for anybody ever. Um, I've, I've had a few rescues come in and, uh, you know, there was even one, one local pet store that was selling, it was about two years ago, they were selling spectacled caiman, which get about eight feet long. The males can get about eight feet long. They were selling them as dwarf caiman and they were telling people that they only got four feet long because I went in there and I just pretended I had no idea what I was talking about. I started asking right. questions about them. And that's when they told me, like, oh, yeah, they're dwarf caiman. They only get about four feet long. <laughs> but in reality, and I told them that, I'm like, no, actually, these are spectacle caiman, and the males can get over eight feet long. So, you know, and he just kind of looked at me like, oh, somebody knows. Yeah, I don't and, suppose they changed the sign. I'm sure they kept misinforming people. So does that mean that that store, wherever that was, was that a place where they weren't allowed to sell puppies, the law was controlling them, and yet they were able to sell these baby reptiles? Is that what was going I on? I am not sure on the laws at the time in that city. I Where don't was it? No. I was in Where Delta. Was oh, okay. Delta? Okay, so somewhere near yeah. Vancouver. Yeah, and that's an yeah. interesting yeah. aspect of this because the laws are very much hit and miss. You can look at a city like Vancouver, which is kind of a sprawling city with all kinds of suburbs all around it, and one suburb mm-hmm. allows it and one doesn't. And it's, it's so oh. difficult to regulate when it comes to animal welfare. 
So you're telling me now things are a little bit better with the regulation, but it sounds to me yeah. like maybe you're having some trouble with the regulation too. What, what's going on for you? It's, it's, it's really, it's, I'm in a really frustrating position. I, I do agree with most of the regulations we have now because, yes, you know, I don't think people should be able to go to a pet store and buy a Cayman or buy a Burmese python or a reticulated python. You know, these are some of the, the biggest, you know, reptiles in the world. Um, I mean, not, you know, the Burmese pythons aren't so much dangerous, but they do get big and they're harder to handle, and, you know, not a lot of people can provide them proper care, right? But at the same time, with those regulations, they have also prohibited those animals from being put on display or exhibit, and that's what I do. So now, you know, my business, um, I do educational presentations, I do, you know, I, I go to schools, I do birthday parties, I used to do tours of my facility, I used to have people come over and they would pay to come in and look at the animals, and that's how I fund my rescue, but now those animals are not allowed to be on display or exhibit. So that's pretty much killed the business. So, you know, it's, it's hard now because I can't really fund the rescue, you know, and, and it's worth frustrating because at the same time, yes, I agree with the new laws that these animals should not be kept as pets, right? Just certain ones, like the big ones, the more dangerous ones, they shouldn't be kept as pets. But for the people, you know, like me, I've got a few other people I know that are doing it responsibly, that are, you know, doing it for educational purposes and, and such. It ruins it for all of us who are actually doing a good thing, right? So that's where I'm kind of, I'm torn. <laughs> So the laws that are trying to stop people from doing the wrong thing are actually stopping you from doing the right thing, which is terrible. Basically, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's put a big damper on the business. So what do you do to support these rescued reptiles? Because I see you took this alligator, this huge alligator. Mm -hmm. You're still taking them in. You're still caring for them. What are you doing to get the money for that? Uh, well, we're doing a few fundraisers right now. I've got a big one coming up on the weekend in uh, a town called Penticton in the Okanagan, and it's a three-day fundraiser. And hopefully we'll raise some funds there to, to keep things going. Um, I have a brand-new sponsor reptile program. It just started. Um, so it's basically you can, you can go online and uh, pick a reptile off my website, and if you want to sponsor that reptile, you can you know send a, there's a, a list of different amounts of money you can sponsor and different things you get with your sponsorship. And uh, basically, yeah, the, the funds go to helping keep the, the rescue alive and keep the animals fed and housed. So we're hoping that'll pick up a little bit and hopefully it'll help keep the rescue open. But at this time, it's, I'm very optimistic as to what's going to happen. I mean, I, you know, I want to keep going, but at the same time, if I start running out of money and I can't provide the best home possible for the animals, then I'm not really doing my job. So I, I will shut down if I can't do it anymore. Well, are you still going to schools? Are you able to do that or did the law hurt you there? Well, I, I can still do presentations. The thing is, is that the my main attraction animals, the ones that got me these presentations, right? They got me mm -hmm. so many presentations. They're now illegal to take out. They're on the prohibited uh, list. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it's all the so scary ones away, that the kids want to see, right? Yeah. So if you take away, you know, I, I had a 15-foot a albino Burmese python, a 12-foot Burmese python. I had a 4-foot caiman that was super friendly. I had uh, a ring-tailed lemur, you know, things like that. Those are what got oh, me Oh, nice. Yeah, like so right stay tuned and come back to this party. Right We're going to party exactly. hardy with the creepy crawlies and the reptiles yeah, and you can't today. bring those yeah. anymore. And you're a professional handler. And when I think of it, I can think of TV stars with these animals who are not professional. I mean, right away I think of yep. Christy Alley with her lemurs. You know, and, and how can that be okay when for you, you have all these new mm -hmm. obstacles. It doesn't make any sense. But we did mention that some of these reptiles are really inappropriate pets because they get so big. Okay. So if people want, you know, they've got a kid who's saying, please, mom, I really, really want. Okay, well, they could go on this site and adopt one. You could have a virtual one. But also, if they actually just want to get a reptile, 
or a creature like this. Okay, so we know you don't want them getting the alligators and the caimans that grow really big. What should they get? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of really, really good starter pets out there. I mean, the, the best ones that I would say are, start, are best, the best starter pets would be either a leopard gecko or a crested gecko or a bearded dragon. Um, as for snakes, you know, there's ball pythons, king snakes, milk snakes, corn snakes, just the, the smaller things to start out with. But at the same time, I mean, there's a, there's a few questions people should always ask themselves before they, they get a reptile or any exotic pet, because these are things you really need to consider. You know, if you've got to, you've got to consider how big the adult species, or the adult is going to be, right? Like, you get a, a little one. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even most pet stores out here sell little, they're called red-eared sliders, right? And most pet stores sell them, and they're about the size of a quarter when you buy them for about $50. And not a lot of pet stores will tell you that they actually get over a foot long when they're full-grown. So, again, these people are getting these little tiny turtles because they think they're going to, you know, they're a little cute thing and they're great for their kids. And then, you know, a year and a half down the road, they're getting six or seven inches long. And they're like, wow, I didn't expect it to get that big. So you got to make sure you can provide a, a proper home for it when it's bigger. you got to make sure you can pro- provide the proper diet. You need to know how long these things live because the average lifespan for reptiles, is, it's around 15 years. 15? You know, 1-5? Is that what you said? 1-5? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most, okay. most reptiles live at least 15 years. Most. Okay. Uh, I mean, chameleons, a lot of chameleons have so a shorter lifespan. So if your kid lifespan, is already 15, if your kid's asking for this and he's 15, is he really going to be interested yeah. in this when he goes off to college when he's 30? I mean, think about it. This might, yeah. you know, maybe well, a virtual version is better. We're going to go to a commercial break and we're going to come back to the party and I'm going to ask Mike more about how you begin with reptiles, what are good starter pets, how to know which one to pick, how to get set up. But also, I'm going to ask him about salmonella because I want to know about that. So stay tuned and come back to this party. We're going to party hardy with the creepy crawlies and the reptiles today. Don't leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash party, P-A-R-T-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. There's a movement afoot, ShoeBuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code ANIMAL, A-N-I-M-A-L, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service is the best, most cost-effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. 
This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. PetLifeRadio.com You're inside the VIP room With the hottest party in town Back to the party Let's go Hello Welcome back to the Animal Party We're here with Mike Hopcraft And he's the reptile guy And he knows everything you would need to know If you were starting out with a reptile So what do people need to know when they take their kid and they go to the pet store and they avoid getting the things that are going to grow really, really huge? Okay, so what should they get and what should they bring home with them to make sure that new pet is comfortable? Well, again, research is key, right? I mean, it's not just a matter of just going to a pet store and picking out something. I mean, if, you, if, if you're interested in getting a reptile, you know, go to the pet store, see what's available, find a couple things that you, you, know, you think you might be interested, and then go home and take, take a few days, take a week, do some research to find out if it's actually the right pet for you, right? You don't want to just go and, and impulse buy. I used to be really bad for that, actually. That's actually how I got my first Cayman was it was an impulse buy years and years and years ago. And that's the worst thing to do because you just you see something right away and you're like, oh, I want that. And you get it, you buy it, you take it home. And then once you get it home, you realize, oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't have gotten this. So you definitely need to do your research, right? So don't just go buy some. Do your research. Make sure, you know, again, you can house it properly. You can feed it properly. It's not going to live too long. Another thing to keep to, to really watch for, too, um, there are certain species that get really stressed when you handle them. So you want to make sure this is a species that you can actually, you know, if you, if you want just a display animal, that's fine. But if you have kids that want to be able to take it out and hold it all the time and that, you know, maybe a chameleon or, or certain frogs aren't the right thing because they get stressed out really easily, right? Um, another huge thing to consider, no matter where you live, are the laws. Because as we were talking about earlier, every municipality, every city, every county has their own separate set of bylaws. And usually, they're different than the one beside them. Just because you drove your car to a local pet store or supplier and you find a pet doesn't mean you're allowed to have it, is what you're telling me. Yeah. No, because it, where I live in Abbotsford... It is illegal, mm-hmm. to, well, before the, before the new provincial laws came into place about two years ago, uh, or about a year ago, it was illegal to own a Cayman, but you could sell them. And if you drove uh, about 40 minutes <laughs> to Surrey, you couldn't sell a Cayman, but you could own one. Oh, come so that's on, where it's, this is it's, ridiculous. It's, uh. <laughs> you, have, you have no idea. Um, and a lot of people actually oh. don't know this, too. If you look at local bylaws um, under the exo- or the you know the pound bylaws, a lot of well most cities they say venomous arachnids are illegal, which is virtually okay, so every type of spider and, and tarant- yeah every, every spider tarantula and scorpion. There's only a few that aren't actually venomous, um, and they're illegal. But every pet store sells them, right? I mean that's wow. that's a law that would not really ever get enforced, but it is a law that's there that nobody really knows about, right? So I just basically just do your research. Um, another huge one, too, that you got to make sure you can do is provide veterinary care if you need to. That's something a lot of people don't consider. Um, you know, the average cost to take your a reptile to a vet just to get checked out is around 50 or $60. 
and then you know you have so it's not that expensive. Well, it's not that. Yeah, but it's cheaper than a pet. Well, yeah, well, it's cheaper than a dog or a cat, but it's still more expensive than than you might think. Like you wouldn't. Well, I I don't know. People get really attached, though. I mean, I know a a kimono dragon that comes to school that the kids just love. You know, so I mean, I can see how people would get attached and want to care for them properly. When you come home from the pet store, can you trust the pet store people or the people who sold you the thing to tell you what it needs? Like in terms of how often it changed the water and what kind of food and what kind does it actually need water to dwell in as well as land, you know, this kind of stuff? Or how, is, it, is the internet a good source? Where should people go to find yeah. out what they need once they've got their little critter? You know, it all depends on the store. There are some great stores out there, but at the same time, there are some very bad stores out there, all right? So, again, like I say, and like again, when you go on the internet, you're going to find, you know, you go to 10 different sites, and they'll say 10 different things about one thing, all right? So the best thing to do, go online, find sites that, you know, look legitimate, and look at a few of them until you see some sites that are actually starting to say the same thing, right? Um, again, it's, it's really hard to get accurate information um, like I said, because everybody has their own opinions and, and whatnot. And one, one breeder and, and person who, who raises these animals will say one thing about the animal and another one will disagree and say to do this with the animal, right? But they're both successful, right? So it's, it's really... Right, right, right. Yeah, and, and there's hard. more than one way to train a dog. There's more than one way to feed a baby. I understand these exactly. things. I mean, talk to the people yeah. the formula companies versus the milk lobby, and you've got a war on your hands, you know? So yeah. I understand yep. that. But, yeah. okay, so you talk about good stores and bad stores. When I talk about that in dog and cat terms, I could give people tips. You know, when you walk into mm. a kennel or a boarding facility or a shelter, or I could tell you how you can see within a couple of minutes if this is a good place or a bad place. Can you do mm-hmm. that with these mm-hmm. the stores selling reptiles? Is there overcrowding? Like, for example, if you walk into a place oh, that definitely. has puppies and there's different kinds of puppies kept together, that's a sign you got a problem because these are yeah, pretty... They're not done their vaccines. If they're from different litters, that's very dangerous. So right away, alarm bells go off, walk out, call the SPCA. Yep. This is not cool. You know, so there's certain things you can watch for. Is it the same with the reptiles? Oh, 100%. Yeah, there, there's a store, it's a local store, and you walk in there and they will have, you know, lizards that are from a, a desert climate living with a lizard that's from a, a tropical climate. They're all in the same enclosure. Right? Um, they'll have multiple species of snakes, different kinds of snakes, again, from different climates, all in the same enclosure. That right there tells you, you know, again, a store that's selling these animals should have them each housed separately, you know, just to, you know, for one, it's a quarantine issue, because most pet stores don't have a quarantine um, room where the animals would go when they first come in and that. Um, so they just get the animals in and throw them in a the tank, right? So animals should be isolated. They should be by themselves when they come into a store. If they're for sale, they should be by themselves. You know, obviously cleanliness is a huge issue. You want to make sure you don't see, you know, crap everywhere, water's clean, um, just general husbandry issues. Um, and then when, right. when you're talking to the pet store people, um, you know, just ask them simple questions and see how they answer. If, if they hesitate or they kind of, you know, they look around like they're trying to, you know, trying to pull an answer out of the air, then that's kind of a sign, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this. Um, and you can always ask where the animals come from. If, you, if they can't okay. tell you where the animals come from, I would avoid that animal. Right, because a lot of right, and when you talked about when the first thing you mentioned, I I get the significance there, but I just want to spell it out for the people listening to the show. When you said you know it's a warning bell should go off when you see an animal that's supposed to be from the desert with an animal that's supposed to be from the jungle or the forest, and that's partly because they need completely different climate. 
So somebody's yep. suffering in that cage. That's yep. not right. If one yep. needs humidity and one needs dryness, how can they possibly be in the same place? That's terrible. Mm-hmm. That's like 100%. housing a fish and a hamster together. One needs to swim and one does not. So, you know, it doesn't yep. work. I got, a call. Um, I got a call one time from a lady who had a, uh, she called me and she said she, she had a beer dragon and a water dragon. And she, ha- she got them from the pet store about two months before she called me. And the pet store sold her a tank and all that. And uh, they gave her like a, a big heat lamp and sand and all that stuff. And they told her to go home and it's fine to put them together. And this is a bearded dragon, which is a desert reptile, a desert lizard from Australia, and a water dragon, which is, you know, water. We like humidity, yes. we like moisture, things like that. And so basically that water dragon was being kept in a desert enclosure with the bearded oh. dragon. And she couldn't figure out why the, you know, the eyes would keep shutting and it was drying out and it wouldn't eat. It was getting lethargic. And I'm like, of well, yeah, you, you're dying. basically... Yeah, you're basically putting the, the water dragon in a microwave. <laughs> you know, it's not, you've, you've got a complete wrong environment. It's too hot. It's too dry. And, uh, yeah, I had, and this is what the pet store told her, though, is that she could keep those together. So, you know, that's where, bearded again, dragon, I do. You make me you make me realize the one at the school is a bearded dragon. I think I said kimono dragon, and that's the one that's really dangerous, right? Oh, I think I got yeah. them wrong. I got switched in my head. Of course, we wouldn't be bringing a kimono dragon to school. But you can see how easy it is to make these mistakes. So definitely oh, yeah. do your research. Yeah. You know, When you go to the store and you're almost ready to walk out with a pet, just leave it there and go back to your computer. Go, <laughs> don't exactly. you know? One last kick of the one last kick of that can to make sure that this this animal really is the right one for you. So I want to ask yeah. you. We talked about this alligator rescue that you thought might not go so smoothly, but it did. Have there been mm-hmm. rescues where it was really touch and go for you? Have there been some exciting moments? We haven't really had any dangerous moments um you know it's reptile i mean for me reptiles are pretty easy to read you can tell when they're going to be crazy when they're not um and we had a, a local reptile refuge that closed down and uh when they closed down they had to find a home for their 18 foot nine inch reticulated python which is one of the most aggressive breeds of, of pythons you can get and uh you know he went on and on and about how aggressive it was how it was going to strike out and it was going to kill everybody and you know all this it was crazy and i'd never seen the snake before i would just go on by what he said um and first off he was saying it was 25 feet long and he actually had it documented in a book that it was 25 feet long it was the biggest snake in canada um and again when we actually got it measured it was 18 feet nine inches long but uh so we went out there well, I you see, that's why he had, no no see mike i'm getting this that's why he had to tell everybody how vicious it was because if he didn't they might measure it this way they wouldn't yeah. measure it. Could be the record holder. He comes out and he, he's telling everybody. Like he went on about for about half an hour about how dangerous this is, and we're all we're always getting tired of hearing him talk. Like we didn't want to hear it anymore. We're we're like okay, just let's do this. Let's get the snake and let's go. And uh, so we go in, and he starts handing me these shields. And I'm like, what's this for? And he's like, oh, it's a shield. Come on, so you can, you can approach it so you can get close to it without it striking out at you. And I look at him, I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to... It's so I'm gonna nasty. Try it. It's been approached with yeah. metal shields. It's probably terrifying. So, it's ridiculous. So I told him, like, you know what? I'm going to try it without the shield, and then if I need it, you can pass it to me. Okay? So I walked into the enclosure. I go right up to the snake, grab its head, and start pulling it out. And that was it. Sometimes in these situations, you do. You have to give the moron a job. Right? You, there's this yeah. bystander yeah. person who is so in your way, and it's like, okay, you hold the net, but we're not using a net. Yeah. I know, but we might need it. You hold the net. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, man. Case. Yeah. <laughs> the most exciting thing that happened during that 
situation was there was about three people that got crapped all over. That was about it. She decided to release her bowels, and we had her about. We we finally got her out of the enclosure. We were about to put her into the into the travel bin, and she just went to the bathroom all over like three people, and it was a lot because it's, it's an eighteen foot snake. A lot came out. So that was the most exciting thing from that okay. one there. Did three people, three people covered. What are we talking about? Like, are we talking about a bucket? Like, what, what kind of volume are we talking? What? It'd be about like taking an ice cream bucket full of crap and throwing it on someone. And is yeah. it sort of bird poop like? That's what I would imagine. Well, no, kind this, of runny because it was this was stress, right? It was really stressed out, so it just it just right. let go. So it was mostly it was mostly pee that came out. Oh, but still, all right. it's, you know, it can it, it okay. smells. It's I'm sure I've had worse. <laughs> So <laughs> I'm sure I've had worse in some of my rescue situations. That wasn't that one doesn't top the bad list. Just a little snake pee. Yeah. I think that's all right. Yeah. So I'm just thinking that there's lots of people listening to this show in Florida and places like that where these animals aren't or these reptiles aren't just in cages and stores. They're actually around the corner, in the ditch. Sometimes they move into your swimming pool in the spring to have their (laughs) nice warm bath. So there's kind of different issues. And I know you've always dreamed of going to the Everglades. What would you tell people who live down there? What do you think they should know about the reptiles? Well, I mean, one, don't, don't fear them like people build them out to be. Like, a, a lot of people and a lot of, you know, TV shows and that build them out to be these big, dangerous animals. They're going to come out and attack you. And, you know, if you, if you see a Burmese python or something, it's going to come up and try to kill you. It's not the case. Most reptiles, when they see you, they want to get away from you. They're not going to come up. They're not going to attack you. They want to just be on their own. They want to do their own thing. So, I mean, if, if you don't want to get attacked by a reptile, don't approach it and try to grab it. Right? I mean, it's, you know, if you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. That's the biggest thing. And especially for Florida, I mean, this is where, where buying pets really gets, you know, you've got to know what you're doing. Because a lot of people down there, they'll buy these animals, and then when they realize they can't handle them anymore, they will just let them go. And I mean, if people okay, let them go up here... Okay, why is that bad? The thing where it's different between letting them go up here and letting them go down there is if you let them go where I live, they're going to die, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's a good thing, um, but they're going to die. They're not going to, you know, survive. They're not going to breed. But down in Florida, especially the Everglades... There are so many animals that are not supposed to be there now because people buy them as pets and let them go, and they can survive down there, and they can breed down there. There are so many Burmese pythons and Nile monitors. This is what we call the invaders. They're not native to the area. There's nothing that preys on them. They grow out of whack, and they kill everything that's supposed to be there. And it could be plants, but a lot of, like what you're saying, there's some really brutal ones. There's those terrible uh, flying fish, and there's some really brutal ones that have been introduced. So I think you're totally right to to warn people about this. So what should they do, though? Say they bought a pet, or maybe their ex-husband did, and he took off, and now they got this stupid reptile they don't want. But they don't want to be mean to it, right? Their kids love it. Okay, what do they do with it? They can't let it go. What, What do they do? Well, I mean, try to find an appropriate home, obviously. I mean, you don't want to just let it go. You want to try to find an appropriate home. I mean, you can go online and try to find, you know, someone who might be a suitable owner for it. Or, you know, I, I don't know what there are for rescues in that down there, but there's got to be rescues and, and shelters not around that can take them in. Nobody wants to see these things like go into the wild because it's, it's, you know, it's destroying the ecosystem down there, right? So, I mean, the best thing to do, I mean, honestly, just try to find a new home. Go online, see if anybody's looking for one, post ads online, see if you can find a new home. Like, to see you've got this animal, you're looking for a good home for it. Um, but at the same time, when you are doing that, don't just let it go to the first person who emails you back, right? You want to make sure that that person also knows what they're getting into, right? So, I mean, yeah, just, you know, the biggest thing you can stress is don't let it go. 
that's the, the main thing. Do not let it go into the wild. I mean, yes, it will survive. It will probably be happy and healthy, but you are destroying the ecosystem by doing so, right? So Now, what if it's it native? What if it's a, an animal that's actually native? Like, if it's a native species, you're probably not allowed to own it anyways. Oh, okay, okay. Most, most native species are illegal to own anyways. Yeah, you can't. That should be your, your local government laws. Not, you're not allowed to own native species. Right, like I can't, it is illegal for me, like we, we have painted turtles out here, it is illegal for me to go out and catch a painted turtle and bring it into my facility and keep it. Now, right? you like know that, what, you say it. that, but I see it all the time. I see people all the time down along the Fraser River near Mission with long sticks mm-hmm. walking. And they're looking for turtles. Yep. Now, I hope they're looking for them to put them in their ornamental ponds. I hope they're not going to eat them. What are they doing? Mm-hmm. But it's, well, <laughs> now... Up here, we have our own invasive species. Okay, we have our own invasive species. We have red-eared sliders, and red-eared sliders. Okay, so they may be catching those. You think? They could be catching those, and yeah, I mean, honestly, with with the the cultures that we have around here, they could be eating them. It's it's hard to say, but at the same time, painted turtles are endangered, so it is illegal to do that. They are endangered, and I hate seeing people do that because. You know, painted turtles are endangered, and then you throw the red-eared sliders in the mix, too. The invasive species, they're just driving the painted turtles even more down the endangered species list, right? Because they, they eat the same food, but the red-eared sliders eat more because they do get a little bit bigger. So now they're competing for food. So now, you know, the painted turtle was already endangered um, because people were catching them and, and you know, uh, habitat loss. And then you throw another animal in that's competing for food with it. And then, it, you know, it just it makes it even worse. So, yeah, I, I really hope people aren't catching the painted turtles out there. I mean, catch the sliders. Well, Take what the sliders we have out. to do is we have to circulate a rumor that these red sliders are amazing, that if you own them, you are, you know, like all the black market stuff, like they make your sex drive go up. And they, all you have to do is own <laughs> one and keep it well in your home, in a contained area, and you will have long life and prosperity. That's what we got to do. We got to circulate that one. Then people right. will be hunting them down to bring them in as pets and clean up. <laughs> Otherwise, they'll just, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't end up well for the reptiles when people are trying to yeah. eat them and release yeah. them and got the wrong ones out there and the right, oh man, it's a complicated thing. So most of the time when they're getting a new dog, I try and persuade them that exercise and grooming are more important than things like freckles or spots or floppy ears or pointed or even size. The most important thing that you must match when you get a dog is, are you going to be able to take care of what it needs like coat and grooming mm-hmm. and allergies and all that kind of stuff? And are you going to be able to give it the workout it needs, mental and physical, the exercise it needs? So for a caged animal like this, is it mostly about caged? Like how, how often should people be cleaning cages? I kind of don't, you know, when I go into a home and they're not taking care of them, I really don't like that smell. I really don't like it. It makes mm. me so sad to be there. Is that how you know? Is it the smell? Like what, how do people know? Well, yeah, I mean... A reptile cage, like when you walk into my facility, the only thing you can smell, like I've got over 100 reptiles in there, the only thing you can smell are the rats, because I breed rats. I've got rats, I've got two different kinds of rats, and I have mice. And I mean, mice stink. You cannot avoid the stink of a mouse. And I have a lot of mice, so even if you clean them, the very next day, they stink, all right? Um, the reptiles is it, is themselves... Is it true that, that mice and rats are constantly pooping, that they have no control, they're oh. just constantly... Is that true? Well, they, they don't control it. If they're walking on you, they'll just crap wherever. They don't, they don't, oh, you know, God. they don't okay, hold okay, it and okay. wait until they go somewhere. No, oh, they'll be holding a rat, they'll just go. I'm yeah. getting it. That's lovely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, that's so, the I mean, reason I have house, seven cats. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry, the rat people, but really I'm not smell. on your camp. This one. Okay. The reptiles themselves, they don't actually smell. I mean, obviously, their feces would, but the good thing about reptiles is you can just spot clean them, right? It's like, like having a, you know, a cat with a litter box. When it goes to the bathroom, you go in, you clean it out, that's it, right? With reptiles, it's the same thing. It's like if you see them go to the washroom, you go in, you scoop out where it went to the washroom. Like a lot of lizards, if, if they're kept on sand, you can use like a little a, a kitty litter scooper to scoop the poop out. And that's clean. There you go. It's done. Um, it is good, you know, every, you know, say every couple of months to change the entire substrate. But, I mean, uh, until then, you need to spot clean them, right? If you walk in and you see a cage that's got, you know, it's full of crap and, and things like that, then obviously that person is not looking after that animal properly. And they don't, you know, they're not taking the time they should. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're actually, they're one of the easier ones to look after. I mean, for cleaning wise, you just, you know, if you go to the bathroom, you scoop it out and that's it. A fish tank, I think, is more work than what you just said. The fish tank has to be clean. Yeah, fish tank, yeah, depending on the fish tank. I mean, if you have a really good filter on a fish tank, then then I would say no, it's not less work. But, uh, yeah, depending on the fish tank and what kind of fish you have, because, I mean, goldfish and that, they're really dirty fish, and I don't like them. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, they're, they're pretty easy to look after. Okay. Now, earlier in this interview, you said that reptiles, for you, I think you said, are really easy to read. Okay. And I, I, I kind of, sp- I, so. I kind of smiled at that because, uh, yeah, I can read cats, dogs, wolves, coyotes, all kinds of things, monkeys, even. What, how do you read a reptile? Like, uh, what's the body language of uh, an angry alligator versus a happy alligator? Or do, is it even well, I mean, is it more alert, relaxed? What are you looking for? Okay, now here's the thing. When I yesterday, the alligator was actually basking for one of the first times since I've gotten her. She was actually up on land basking. And I wanted to get some nice up close pictures of her. Okay, so first off, I open the door because I've got it's like a, I think they're called Dutch doors where the top opens and the bottom opens separately. Right. So okay, I open yeah. the top part and I and I looked at her and she didn't move. So I'm like, okay, she's comfortable. I open the bottom door and when I open the bottom door, she kind of opened her mouth a little bit and it started to hiss. But when she did that, she was turning away, right? And that right there is telling me, okay, she's not going to attack me. She wants to get away from me. So then I slowly, I walked in and I kind of, I stayed, you know, close to the wall. So I, I didn't want to scare her. I'm not, I'm not worried about me getting attacked. I was worried about me scaring her and her running back into the water, right? Because I want to get some good pictures okay. of her being on land. And you know, the, oh, the closer okay. I got, I, I actually got within two feet of her head and um, it just, you know, going really slow and um, no sudden movements. You don't want to freak them out. Cause, you know, if you, there's a sudden movement and you startle them, they're going to run away. But, uh, you know, it's just reading them. If, if she opens her mouth and starts hissing and, and turning towards you, that's telling you, okay, I need to back off a little bit because she might actually come after me. But if she's, if she's you know, opening her mouth just a tiny little bit and she's turning away from you, that's more of a, a shy, like she wants to get away kind of thing, right? That's not a, hey, I'm going to kill you. That's a, leave me alone. I'm going to run away, right? And, I mean, it's okay. the same with snakes. When, you, when you're working with snakes, if they start hissing or, you know, cocking their head back and, you know, putting it in strike position or, you know, the snakes will actually wag their tails when they get angry too. So, you know, okay. you, you just want to, yeah, for, for me, like I said, they're easy to read because I've been working with them forever. I know, I know a reptile that looks like it's going to attack. I know a reptile that looks like it's going to run away. You know, there's things that you learn when you're working with them for this long. When I sometimes watch TV, there's shows like um, exterminator type shows where they're catching animals like the ones you're talking about. And one in particular where they at least try to show on camera that they're not hurting anything and they re-release them or they take them to zoos and rescue places so the animals aren't being harmed. But it's, I think it's in Louisiana. They're catching a lot of creepy crawlies there. And I'm wondering, you know, when you watch a show like that and they go in and they have these weird things to grab the snake, is that the kind of stuff you use? These long things that 
hook the snake. Um, yeah, like they'll use snake tongs and things like that to leave you alone. But if you start grabbing at it, that's when it's going to attack you, right? Um, yeah, this is when it's like moved with. into somebody's, uh, you know, children's playroom or something. This is they go in, the yeah. school has a snake in a locker, you know. <laughs> they come yeah. to get it. They can't leave it. Yeah, like that. I have those tools. I do. I have them, but right. I don't use them too, too often. I'm, I'm more of a, a hands-on kind of guy. Are you telling me you grab venomous snakes you don't know with your bare hands? That's what you do? Well, well, I will use a hook to pin their head down, and then I'll grab their head. I mean, I don't just... I'm not like... I'm not going in Steve Irwin style and just grabbing the snakes. I mean, that would be awesome. I, I probably would do that, honestly, if I was in Australia. But, you know, for, for snakes you don't know, and you don't know, you know, how angry or aggravated they are, it's always a good idea to be careful... But um, I don't deal with too many venomous snakes up here because not too many people have them up here. Um, but, I mean, again, down there, I mean, there's lots of venomous snakes in the States. So, I mean, it, it is good, and I would advise using those tools for those venomous snakes. Um, just because, I mean, if you're, if you're dealing with, you know, multiple snakes all the time, the chance of getting bitten is, is increased, you know, drastically. So there is a chance you're going to get nipped at one point in time. So I would recommend using the tools. But, I mean, just up here, I mean, I deal with pythons and boas and, you know, there's some angry boas and pythons sometimes, but I don't deal with a whole lot of venomous snakes up here. So I don't okay, really tell me about an angry... Animals. Just tell me, what's an angry boa or an angry python like? I mean, these are heavy, right? Do they get mad? Yeah. Do they squeeze you? Is that what they do to show well, you they're not happy? Or do they squeeze you when they're happy? Or do they just well, squeeze all the time? <laughs> they, okay, here's, here's the thing. This is what I tell people. When, and I have, I have a reticulated python at the facility. Um, like the, the big reticulated python we got from the reptile refuge, that went to the Greater Vancouver Zoo, right? Um, okay. But I also got another one from the same refuge when it shut down, and it was about 12 feet long. It's a male. It's a 12-foot-long reticulated python, and it is super aggressive. It's probably one of the most aggressive snakes I own. And they're, you know, their teeth are all angled back, right? So when they, when they bite and kill their food, their teeth, when they bite into you, their teeth sink in, and they yeah. kind of anchor themselves on, okay? Yeah, so this is what I tell brutal. people. I tell people I would rather get bitten by a snake that thinks I'm food than a snake that is angry at me. Because a snake that thinks you're food, it's going to bite you and anchor in and wrap around you, okay? I mean, if, you know, most snakes can't, you know, if it's a snake under nine feet long or you're with someone, you're not going to die, right? Because someone can unwrap it. It's not a big deal. But uh, when a snake bites you and wraps around, thinking you're food, when it lets go of you, it slowly pulls its teeth out, right? Like one at a time, it'll pull its teeth out the same way they went in. So that way, it just feels like you got a needle, Okay. Oh, now, it sounds excruciating. Trying to st- sit there waiting, bink, 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 as it pulls its teeth out of you. Oh, and I bet there's venom. Oh, yeah. I bet it stings and itches and burns. Oh, no, thank you. I wouldn't trade places with you. I know some people say, but you deal with wolves and coyotes and dogs. And yeah, I know. And I, and I feel connected to them. I don't feel connected to these animals you're talking about. Oh, oh. Okay. Well, there's not, there's not so, quite the same personalities and character there. So, yeah. But, uh, but if, you, if it was an angry snake, and it's an angry snake bite, they won't bite and hold on. They just bite and pull back. And that's where the skin actually gets torn and the flesh gets torn, because then those, those teeth that are angled back are anchoring in and tearing, right? So that's why I tell people, I would rather get bitten by a snake that thinks I'm food than a snake that is angry at me, because you're going to have less damage. I mean, I got bitten by a 15-foot Burmese python one time that thought I was a chicken, okay? My own fault. <laughs> I was feeding it. It was, a, it was a stupid, stupid amateur mistake. And I always say, if you get bitten by a snake, it's your own fault. And it was my own fault. I was, I was stupid. And um, the snake thought my hand was a chicken. It bit my hand, wrapped around me, all right? Now, I'm big enough. I can kind of 
maneuver the snake off of me. And when it let go of me, like I just sat there and I yelled for my friend to come in and, um, to, you know, I'm yelling and yelling and she, she come running in. And the first thing I said to her, and I've got this 15 foot python bitten onto my hand wrapped around me. The first thing I said to her, what do you think it would be? Don't touch me. No, no. Nope. First, the first thing I said to her, grab the camera. Oh, grab nope. the camera! Grab the camera. Yep. So we got because I knew there's there's not much Ow. we can do to get them off you. I don't want to hurt her. I don't want to you know I don't want to stress her out and squeeze her head and try to pull her head off of me. So I just sat there. I let her do her thing. I let her think that she was killing me, whatever. And when she was satisfied, she slowly let go. And honestly, and again, it's a 15 foot python. Its head is about the size of my hand. Okay. When it was done, God, about God. an hour about. About an hour after it had bitten me, you couldn't even tell it got bitten on the hand. There was barely any marks there. Wow. So, so yeah, okay, so that's why, again, like that's you're, you're, you're talking motive here. Like you're saying one was angry and one thought you were food. Are they smart? Do they like you? Do they know you? Is there kind of a connection? They, uh, they are nature-driven. Let's just say that. They're, they're, na- they're, they're nature-driven. They, they don't, you know... If it's an angry snake, it's it's solely defending itself. It wants to be left alone. It wants you to leave it alone. It wants you to go away. All right? That's an angry snake. It's not like, I'm mad at you because you did this. I'm mad at you because you did this. It's, I want to be left mm. alone. Right? Okay. If it's a hunger thing, like when, when snakes are in hunting mode, when they smell food, they're they're in the zone. You can't get them out of the zone. Like they've got it. They're like, okay, I want food. Anything that moves in front of me, I'm going to eat. Ah, like right? a shark feeding so, frenzy. They're activated. Exactly. Interesting. So their prey yeah, exactly. drives on and that's it. Like a beagle yeah. on with the fox or, you know, a wolf about to get exactly, into the chicken coop. Yeah. Forget about yeah. telling it, no, it's not going to listen yeah. right now. It can't hear you. Its pupils are dilated. It's got the drug of yeah. prey, right? I mean, that's what I'm talking about, the dog. But is that how it is with the snake, too? Like, it is just not receiving any other information except what it needs to kill oh, that yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah okay, if you, if you hold the chicken or, or, you know, get a rat in front of a snake or something like that, it's... It's a, it's on. <laughs> it wants that rat. It wants food. It smells it. It's like, okay, it's mine. I'm taking it. I'm eating food. And then if you wave your hand in front of it, even if it sees your hand, it'll go for your hand, right? Because they, they think it's food. When they're in, when they're in hunting mode, there's not much you can get them to do, or to, to, there's not much you can do to get them out of hunting mode, right? Like you've got to just kind of give them the food, let them do their thing, and then you know afterwards they'll be good. Well, we've used up the whole show time. I've got more questions to ask you, but I guess I can't. So if people want to find out more. Is there a website they can go to, Mike? Yeah, uh, the website is www.reptileguy.ca, and there's all the information there's all of what I do. There's information about the animals I have. There's pictures of literally every animal I have on the website, and there's also information on the new Sponsor Air Reptile Program. Now, what if someone has a question, like um, their snake just isn't looking right or they're not sure they, they're yeah. getting the right pet? Can they ask you? Yeah, oh, I get I get emails all the time, all the time. Even yesterday, I got an email from a lady uh, locally who had a leopard gecko that it literally had an eye issue, and uh, she had some questions. So I went, I, I answered questions, and I actually went over to her house and looked at them. I mean, obviously, I'm not from a house in Florida unless they pay for my well, way. I, I don't know. Do what that. if they paid for your trip? Wait a minute. I get well, emails all the time and questions all the time. So yeah. Okay, well, thank you for helping us out today. It's been a great party. Next week, I promise, I'll be back with dogs and cats. We just went for a walk on the creepy side today with a creepy party, <laughs> although I'm sure you wouldn't think it was creepy, would you, Mike? Just me and my cat and dog sensibilities. I, no, I don't think so. I think they're, I think they're cool. They're my, they're my babies. They're my family. Wow. 
Thank you for taking care of all the ones that are being discarded. You're doing a great service, and I hope we can help you keep it running. I hope people will sponsor a reptile. But go check it out. Give them the website again, okay? One more time. It's the Reptile Guy. And where can they find you? www.reptileguy.ca. Okay. Thanks a lot, Michael. Talk to you again later. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. So that was an animal party to remember with the reptile guy. First time I met him, I was at one of these fairs, and my kids took off running for this guy. Kind of looked like the sham wow guy, only he was draped with snakes. And he had a throng of kids, just completely mesmerized. And I'm looking at all these adorable little dog and cat displays and hedgehogs and things. And now if they go to the one booth, I probably would have skipped. Oh no, here we go. And sure enough, by the time I get there, my son's actually wearing one of the snakes. So terrific. (laughs) And do you want a turn? Yeah, oh yes, yes, I'd love a turn. (laughs) I'm trying to get over it. In fact, once years ago... We did this thing for the province newspaper. I used to write a column for them every week. And we did a very important pet awards. And one of our winners was a snake. I still remember the snake. It was, uh, well, his name was Seven. I think it was Seventh in the Clutch. This was before Star Trek Seven of Nine. It had nothing to do with that. But its name was Seven, and it had visited a ton of kids at schools, and that's why it was winning this award. And I actually had to somehow hang a medal on a snake's neck. And there were a bunch of dogs, a dog who found people in avalanches and a seeing-eye dog, and there was a cat there. But there was also this snake, and I actually had to kiss all the pets which I had no problem with until we got there. And I realized that I was in front of thousands of people and on camera and being photographed. And I had to kiss a snake. (laughs) But I did it. Anyway, okay, everybody. So we'll be back next week. And um, actually, I'll be talking about fur bearers next week, dogs and cats. So come back to the party and be good to your animals. Until next week, this has been Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.